0: Hello crime enthusiasts. I'm your host Heather, along with China. Hello. And today I wanted to tell a story that is really close to my heart. This is the story of Bonnie Craig. Before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to share a little bit about this case on a more personal side. As you all know, I'm a born and raised Alaskan. I was born in Anchorage and lived there a good portion of my childhood. From my earliest years, I can clearly remember seeing the giant banner on the corner of Lake Otis reading, Who Killed Bonnie Craig? With an image of 18-year-old Bonnie. Every day on the way to elementary school, we'd pass this banner, and I'd look at her picture and wonder what happened to poor Bonnie, and if we'd ever know, who did it? And China, you haven't heard this story, have you? I have not, so I'm pretty excited to hear about a new case. It's a it's an interesting story. It's something that, you know, back in the day and forensics wasn't as big. So at the time, John Bonet was taking the nation by storm. Her case, you know, this young beauty queen, little girl all over the tabloids everywhere you looked for Alaska. That was Bonnie Craig up here. Everyone knew the story. Her picture was plastered all over Anchorage with the bold letters who killed Bonnie Craig. So that. As a kid, this case just stuck with me for my, you know, it wasn't solved until uh, in 2006. So wow, from being a little girl in elementary school up until 2006, you know, my whole childhood, no one knew who killed Bonnie Craig. It was just the burning question. We all wanted to know who did it and why. So now I'm going to dive into the story. 18-year-old Bonnie Craig was a young college freshman attending the University of Alaska Anchorage. Before dawn on the morning of September 28, 1994, she left her home for school. This was a normal routine for Bonnie. Twice a week in the dark early morning, she'd catch a bus on campus. She was a diligent student who prided herself on arriving promptly for her 7 a.m. English class. However, that day, she never arrived. Her body was found in, in McHugh Creek. The medical examiner had determined she had drowned, but she had also suffered head injuries, possibly resulting from a fall off a cliff. At first, Alaska state troopers believed Bonnie's death was a result from a hiking accident. Her mother, Karen, however, wasn't so sure. Karen had found evidence she believed to point Bonnie's death as a murder. When she viewed Bonnie's body, she noticed defensive wounds on her hands. This is where a mother's intuition is key. Karen knew Bonnie wouldn't just skip class and go to the creek during a school day. Remember, Bonnie prided herself as being a good student. You see, this creek wasn't just nearby. The creek was 10 miles from the bus stop, and she had no way of getting there. Furthermore, the belongings that she took to school that day were not found with her body. According to Karen, the police kept most of the information to themselves. Just when things seemed to be growing cold, Karen found an ally in reporter Maria Downey. Now, anyone that isn't an Alaskan, Maria Downey reports for KTU, and undoubtedly is one of the biggest news anchors in Alaska. She actually attended the church I grew up going to. And I always thought she had like some huge celebrity like Katie Couric of Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Maria Downey was trying to help Karen by getting more information about the case. For unknown reasons, police didn't initially release the results of the sexual assault examination. Karen was told that Bonnie had not been raped. She learned about the results six months later. Six months. Now, as a mother, I mean, I could not imagine... sitting there waiting six months to be told this news
1: Uh, did they ever say why it took them so long to release that information
0: no the sources i was kind of muddled some people said that they were just keeping some information under wraps keeping a tight you know seal but never could really get exactly why it took them and they made her wait i understand
1: waiting six months to tell the media or keeping certain information from the media but from the family
0: it seems a little ridiculous and all the while being told she was not. And then six long months to have your heart crushed by the devastating news, Bonnie had most likely been sexually assaulted. As semen was found during the examination, however, police did not rule out the possibility that it came from a consensual act. Frustrated with the police working on the case, Karen began her own investigation. She suspected that Bonnie's murder might have something to do with her undercover work with the local police. An informant told her that her family may have been targeted by a drug lord after a sting she was involved in that resulted in the arrest of several members of his organization. He also claimed that Bonnie's murder was a message to police department to, quote, back off. According to Karen, Bonnie was murdered the day after the people she identified were released from jail. Despite precautions that were taken to protect her identity during the bus, it seemed unlikely, but with little to no leads. It was definitely an angle at the investigators needed to check out despite karen's best efforts the case was growing cold one year later one of bonnie's professors contacted karen she became suspicious one of her students that might have been involved in bonnie's murder according to her professor he made several references the day of the murder in his journal claiming it would be and i quote a very tough day and that he would be put to quote a test According to Karen, some of his writings were also violent. The professor claimed that the student was late for school the day of Bonnie's disappearance. Upon his arrival to class, she noticed that he was wet, like he had just gotten out of the shower. She also said he smelled like he poured an entire bottle of cologne on himself. After Bonnie's murder, his writings were more peaceful. However, DNA evidence and an alibi ruled him out of the case. Karen believed that if there was another person involved... The DNA didn't have to belong to the student. She also uncovered that he had an assault charge against him and had been bailed out by a friend who was involved in another murder. Troopers tried to find witnesses who may have seen something on the morning Bonnie was alive. A neighbor reported seeing her around 5.20 a.m. walking down their street. Another witness saw her at the bus stop around 6.20 a.m. A A neighbor saw a car idling in front of their home the morning of. Finally, an anonymous caller to the police crime stoppers line, claimed to have seen her at the bus stop talking to two men in a vehicle. Despite this news, they did not have any evidence to arrest anyone in connection with the case, and it remained unsolved. In 2006, a DNA match to the semen found on Bonnie's body was matched to Kenneth Dion through CODIS, National DNA Database. He was in prison in New Hampshire for a series of armed robberies when the match was made. At the time of the murder, he lived in an area and was on probation for robbery having just been released on Alaska prison just months prior before Bonnie's murder. Dion was charged with raping and murdering Bonnie. It is believed that the crime was a random act of violence. At the trial, he claimed that he had consensual sex with her and that she accidentally fell to her death while alone at the creek. However, when first questioned, he claimed that he did not know her, her family, and friends did not know him either. He also could not account for his whereabouts the day of Bonnie's murder. His wife claimed that he was not home the entire week. Furthermore, the medical examiner determined her injuries were caused by a blunt object or weapon, not from a fall. At the time, he carried martial arts weapons in his car, which could have been inflicted. Which could have inflicted the injuries. At the time, he carried martial arts weapons in his car, which could have inflicted the injuries. Also, a leaf with blood was found above the cliff area, suggesting that she was already injured before falling from the cliff. Her family also noted that Bonnie was in a strict relationship with her boyfriend at the time and would not have had sex with someone else, especially a complete stranger. Dion was found guilty of murder on June 15th, 2011. He was sentenced to 124 years in prison on October 31st, 2011. And my favorite part about this whole story is I mean, talk about a mother who did not just seek justice. Yeah, that's amazing. And I you mean, had said that she had done some undercover work with the police prior. Yes. Like, and I mean, she, she didn't let her case stop with Bonnie. She fought the entire time to have, you know, she wanted answers. She wanted to. But she continues to work for other victims. Um, is 12, she a, oh,
1: Is she a member of the police force or like how does she do un- uh, undercover uh no, and i them?
0: uh she just ended up i back in the day i guess like anchorage um didn't have a huge task force and so they were just if someone had help and they wanted to help kind of be an informant and that's what she did and like a volunteer yeah, yeah volunteer position but she didn't just stop with bonnie's case um Like I said, talk about a mother who didn't just seek justice for her daughter, but for countless other victims and families. Within 12 days of the indictment in her daughter's case, Karen had successfully mobilized the public and the legislature to pass a law requiring that DNA will be collected for all felony arrests. Karen is dedicated to ensuring that every state require the same and that DNA backlogs be processed so that other unsolved crimes can be closed similarly. The ultimate goal is to have processing, of DNA conducted within 24 hours. It can be done. Karen has worked as a reserve police officer and now works closely with the Alaska legislature, the state crime lab, and the law enforcement community to help balance the scales of justice and stop the re-victimization of victims, family and friends, and communities. In May 2009, Karen moved to Florida, where she is working hard to ensure that all 50 states start collecting DNA on all felony arrests. After the trial was over, Karen fought hard to try to make changes in the justice system so others will not have the same obstacles that she had to go through. Now, China, I was wondering if you could read this quote from Bonnie's mother, Karen Foster, posted on the website justiceforbonnie.com. If collection
1: of DNA had been taken at the time of the felony arrest, Bonnie's killer would have been identified in weeks. It took 12 years to identify the killer and another five years to get him convicted. Alaska changed their DNA laws to collection of DNA on all felony arrests in 2007 in honor of Bonnie. All states and Canada need to amend their DNA collection laws. We cannot wait until conviction. DNA must be taken on felony arrests when the mug shots and fingerprints are taken. It has solved so many cold cases and identified career criminals who have continued to walk our streets, getting away with rape, murder, and other heinous crimes. DNA evidence has freed many wrongly convicted of crimes, in some cases, spending as many as 30 plus years behind bars for crimes they did not commit. DNA works. Make sure your legislators know that you want collection of DNA on all felony arrests. A simple cheek swab that costs less than thirty dollars can save lives, heartache, and pain. No one should get away with murder. With the collection of DNA on all felony arrests,
0: they won't. Thank you, China. That's from Karen Foster, Bonnie's mom. So, like I said, this case just stuck with me. Like, let alone I. I mean, like I said, picture it when you're a kid. I mean, this wasn't a small banner. It showed Bonnie's picture in bold letters, who killed Bonnie Craig. And um, and then just with the story of her mom, you know, not giving up. And yeah, and all selling. the work that she's done, you know. Yes, with not only to ensure and... that, you know, Bonnie's case was solved, but for future.
1: So I have a question. The guy who murdered her, did they ever find out, like, a relationship between them? Like, did he... Was it just some random attack? Did he? Yeah, they said know it was her? a random
0: act, and he would never give details like to anything. He just.
1: So, do they think that they he met her on
0: the trail on the way to school, like at the bus like, stop? Okay, so they said um, there was that people. You know, people called in about that tan car. I couldn't find anywhere if that's the style of car that he had, but it was just that he didn't want to give any other information. He said, you know, he to to the day he was, you know convicted he said that it was consensual act and that he you know bonnie fell and he had nothing to do with it but and they found her body at McHugh creek Creek. yeah
1: do they think he killed her beforehand and took her body there or he killed her there
0: no they think the act and everything happened right there at the creek it was just 10 miles away from the bus stop like he literally took her there raped her you know something happened and she fell down like if he pushed her or she you know there's a struggle i mean he did not give any details as to what he actually did and he has still remained quiet on it today Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean sadly while justice was found for bonnie's murder i'd like to note that justice is just closure justice doesn't bring back the life kenneth dion took a beautiful smart college student with an entire life ahead of her so it's really sad i couldn't imagine having to go through that and um I think the biggest thing that we can do as being, you know, crime enthusiasts is just point out, um, especially today, like, don't go alone if you can't. You know, uh, at the time it was, you know, early in the morning. Bonnie was just wrong place, wrong time. She was waiting for the bus to go to college. I mean, nothing seems uh out of place there but there's you know self-defense classes you can take uh, conceal and carry pepper spray there's so many things especially as women that we need to just do and put in place and i think advocating for those things not saying that you know that would have saved bonnie's life but it certainly could have helped in the long run all right well i hope everybody enjoyed today's episode and all of our um, sources for the episode will be found in the show notes